In this episode, the songs we sing in the shower are those that are timeless. With my guest Kelsey, we talk the legacy created by Motown that carries into generations. We discuss how lyrics communicate thought and feeling, and how a good clapping backtrack can lead to the best concerts. So let's get into it. Here's What's Your Hustle presents, the songs we sing in the shower, Motown edition, with my guest, Kelsey Style. Hey listeners, it's Halima. I'm back with a new episode of the songs we sing in the shower. I'm here with Kelsey Style, and Kelsey actually came up with the theme of today's episode. Kelsey, how did you come up with the theme of today's episode? I am secretly 80 years old. That is how I did it. I said, what are the songs that I like to sing in the shower? The same thing my grandma likes to sing in the shower, pretty much. <laughs> and there was this, uh, fun, like, every summer, right? Like, when you were little, you would go to your grandparents' house, and that was their jam, the oldies. Yeah. Yeah, every single summer, I spent the entire summer with my grandparents, so I really like old-school country, I like doo-wop, I like rock and roll, and I like Motown. So the, the, <clears throat> so the topic is Motown today. <clears throat> a little, a little history behind Motown. Motown was founded in 1958. Originally known as Tamla Records by Barry Cordy Jr., who at the time was working in the automobile industry in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, Motortown was what Michigan was known for. GM was there. All the automobiles distribution in North America mostly came out of Detroit. And uh, at the time when he was working the assembly line, he's like, I'm not doing this no more. So with the help of his family, he bought a little studio called Hitsville, USA, which you can still visit. It is a museum today, and Motown, Tamala Records, began its reign. So what we're going to do is go back and forth, top five songs. I do have an honorable mention. Kelsey, you are the guest. You may go first. Well, Halima, the number number five song that I like to sing in the shower is The Supremes, Baby Love. I love Diana Ross, and I love songs that are outside my range, which is all of them, but particularly Baby Love. <laughs> We love the Supremes. We love just the thing about old school music at Motown. It's just one of these things that is timeless and it's classic. And you can never really, like, it doesn't get old. It doesn't, it doesn't have an expiry date. And, like, till this, right, until this day, people are still sampling from it, which I love. One of the songs that I went with, it's a little bit more 90s jam. It is Hey Mr. DJ. Sorry, it is Hey Mr. DJ by Jane A. It was released in 1994 from the album uh, Zane, pronounced Jane A, written by Renee Neuville, Kier Gist, Leon Ware, Zane Gray. It was produced by Naughty by Nature, which everybody growing up in the 90s knows OPP. I mean, that is a, that is a jam. OPP is a jam. The reason I sing it, it's the epitome of 90s dance music. And I know it's not really oldies, but, you know, now it's 2023. I think the, I think the almost. They count. Exactly. No, they, play, they play the 90s on the oldies station now. <laughs> oh my god. I had to come to terms with my age. <laughs> well, I mean, it's almost 30 years old. I mean, you think 1994 yeah. to 2023, it's almost 30 years old. It's mind-boggling to me sometimes. Uh, it's melodic. The song is a reminder that we need to have fun, and where else can you have a dance party than your own shower? I mean, yes, the kitchen, the living room, but, like, 
I feel like I really let loose in the shower. Like, my best choreography moves are the ones that I can come up with in the shower without <laughs> slipping and breaking my neck. And it's just a great time and, like, great thing to say and, like, just a reminder that really DJs do run the best parties. I mean, you can have a terrible DJ and the, the party will flop. Flop so I've been bad. to those weddings. Yeah. Yes. Uh, your next one. Number four is uh, the Marvelettes. Please, Mr. Postman. Oh. I love uh, the harmonies. I love the clapping. And to me, it's interesting because um, in the period right after the songs were popularized, the girl groups of Motown, the Beatles came mm-hmm. to America. And they had their version of these songs where they were kind of clapping back at these women. So they had Interesting. You know, their their version of Please Mr. Postman that is like a response to these women. Oh, it's it's funny how beef just starts so early in musical. <laughs> <laughs> especially, and like, you know, you could just like think of it in this way that like, especially in that time, you had how many, like, what irks me about music industries. You have so many black artists and writers, and then these white men just come in and take these songs and give no credit, or, you know, just starting beef because you know that, hey, Mr. Postman is a banger. And you're just like, I can't stand for being insulted by a group of women. <laughs> I mean, we we do no. like the, I do like the Beatles, but we just... All this time period was was white artists reworking black music and yeah. giving no credit and making all the profits. That is the nine. Honestly, I shouldn't even start with the nineteen twenties. <laughs> it goes yeah. back yeah. forever. But you know, when we have recorded music from then until now, that's just the trend, right? Yeah, absolutely. My next song is uh, "Somebody's Son" by Tiwa Savage featuring Brandy. They are both new, recent Motown artists. It was released in 2021. The album is Water and Gari EP. It was written by Brandy Norwood, Olu Watsun Tufumi Ogutade, uh, Richard King, Sagoon Michael Ajayi, Sunday Adini Adike, and Tiwa Savage. Uh, produced by Sagoon Michael Ajayi, and I apologize for saying all of these r- names besides Brandy Norwood's wrong. I am so sorry for my mispronunciation. <laughs> uh, why I sing it, it's, it's a reminder that the work that I constantly do on myself will only make me the best person I can be for myself first and opens the door to be loved by literally somebody's son. I know that, you know, this strong independence, blah, blah, blah. I do like it. I'm doing it. I'm living it. But sometimes you just want somebody's son to love you. I mean, I do. I, it's just the the thought, as I'm getting older, it's just the thought of, like, finding love or and partnership and companionship and just this cohesive unit. I think anybody in any sort of relationship with whoever you love, because you're free to love any everyone you want and anyone you want. It's it's comforting and it's lovely. And I think for me, that somebody's son will love me one day. It gives me great hope. Uh, and it's also a reminder that no matter how lonely I get from time to time, I'm not going to cry about it. Like, there's someone out there for me somewhere. 
I mean, he has to be someplace. So it's always the last place you look. It is always the last place I look. My I used to have this like joke that he was in the jungle somewhere, and I was like, yeah, at least he's more self sufficient. Now that I'm getting older, like that was a joke <laughs> in my twenties, but I'm like, at least he learns how to like cook for himself and build shelter and like provide for himself that like men in you know grown up the way that we've grown up privilege and you know not to know that sort of struggle of having nothing because we do have blessed lives wherever your life is if you have a roof over your head at least you know he won't have that same struggle like how many men do you know that are our age and still don't know how to cook it's all of them it's so sad sometimes and i'm not saying know how to cook like a michelin five-star chef i mean like you know basics seasoning seasoning is lovely <laughs> someone who can cook more than robin yes we appreciate that you know little little eggs little pancakes for dinner never hurt nobody kelsey you're number three i'm gonna respond to what you just said with <laughs> another marvelette song called too many fish in the sea oh. and it's about how there's so many men out there, but there is absolutely no point in wasting your time on the wrong one. Mm-mm. But, of course, they sing it in the happiest, clappiest manner possible. So it's like a celebration that you are more than a fish that doesn't want to stay on your line. I feel like when you're singing in the shower, it's almost like a full, like, choir. Like, the feeling of a Baptist church is Kelsey's shower. Like, you're just in there clapping and joyous and celebrating and, like, this is what I feel your shower is. And I feel like we both need to experience a Baptist church experience. It is very embarrassing for me when I realize that I've been seeing the shower and someone else can hear me. <laughs> because I do, I sing loudly and, and I do all of the backing vocals for myself. Uh, and if I can't sing normally, I certainly can't sing harmony. So it is, it feels good, but oh boy, do I never want to hear a recording of it. I'm sure Anne, your beautiful wife, I'm sure she loves it. She's like, oh, that's my wife. Sometimes she will tell me, yeah, I did hear you. It was nice. (laughs) And I... (laughs) I appreciate her tact. <laughs> it was a, it was a, it was a thing that you did. It was a thing that you did. Yeah, she doesn't think I'm a good singer, but she enjoys it anyway. That's what marriage and love is about. That's what it's about. I first fell in love with her when I heard her singing the soundtrack to Moana, and she knew half of the words and also can't really sing. Oh. And I was like, this is the woman for me. It's perfect. It's perfect. Absolutely. <laughs> My number three song is more in the line of now Motown, getting to that 1960s, 70s era. It is Upside Down by Diana Ross, who was in a relationship with Barry Gordy from 1965 to 1970, and he calls her the queen of his life. He will always love her. It's oh. very sweet. Uh, it was a single released in 1980, the album from the same single, Side A, Upside Down. It was written by Nile Rodgers and Bernard Edwards, produced by Nile Rodgers and Bernard Edwards. Why I sing it? I mean, it's Diana Ross. It's like the original. Yes. And like, for our generation, we have heard in a, in a different sort of 
art media, we have Tracy Ellis Ross, who is equally, like, just incredible in her genre of acting, being a comedian, being a businesswoman, being an entrepreneur. If you don't follow Tracy Ellis Ross on Instagram or TikTok, I recommend it. She's just herself, and it's so beautiful. And, like, you know, she's, you know, going back to, you know, there are many fish in the sea and, like, not settling. Like, I love specifically Tracy Ellis Ross. Like, she's, you know, in her 50s, and she's like, if you're not adding to my life, like, if a man is not adding to my life, then what? What quality, what thing do you bring to it if you can't add to it? And, you know, to live the message of living a full life and having people in your life just add to it and not depending on people to to look to fill a hole or a void is just so beautiful. And I'm like, oh, girl, you're such an inspiration. I love it. But That's perfect. yeah, back to Diana Ross. These Upside down. It's like it's the groove of the 70s. The thing about music is after a decade or so, give it two more years into the new decade and you're starting to leave the genre you're in. So the 70s was big, like, disco, funk era. So this Upside Down still has remnants of that, and I love that. I love that it's still, this is what we know. This is what we're working on. And the thing about music, you know, it's just, like, there's little pieces of mixture in genre in any kind of song that you listen to. You think about it. Beyonce did it with Renaissance, bringing back that sort of Vogue culture dance music. Drake did it in his last album in 2022. And the reason I love it, it's just like, the song itself to sing, it's just a classic. I mean, yes, it's about Diana Ross realizing that her partner is cheating on her, but she can't help but love him. And that's the thing. Like, when you love someone, they make you so crazy. They drive you crazy, and they drive you upside down. But you can't help but love them. And, uh, it's not a great message of you know gaslighting and having someone make you crazy <laughs> in love but it's just you know was, you know but it was a while ago it was a long time ago and the thing is about Motown and their lyrics especially in you know in that era they're very straightforward with their songs like they mean what they mean there's no double entendre you don't have to like read between the lyrics it's like you you drive me crazy but I love you you suck yeah. but I love you and Upside Down is just like, it's just a fun song to sing. I was just listening to Notorious B.I.G., My Money, More Problems, Love that it. samples Diana Ross. <laughs> oh, it's just a classic. Uh, you have two amazing songs, but this tradition of sampling, like Motown has given them a lot to work with. Absolutely. And the thing is, it's, again, it's music that when your son gets older, and if I have kids, it's music that's, like, new to them. And to see, like, what we've grown up with and listened to, because we're part of our parents' generation and our grandparents' generation, what songs that they're going to go back to in another 30 years and be like, yeah, that was part of my mother's, you know, generation or my aunt's generation. And the things that they'll do with it, it would be incredible, especially with the things that you said, like, that they're doing with songs that we grew up with. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is your next song? All right. My next song, Halima, what is your favorite movie about um, an imposter nun? Sister Act. Is that the only movie you know about an imposter nun? <laughs> yes. Are we counting yes. the, the nuns I went to school with? No, I'm kidding. Oh, Sister Susan. 
No, I don't think that woman could sing. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we'll be Goldberg and her ladies and their uh, opening number that they have. They sing Mary Wells, My Guy, and then she reworks it later for the nuns as My God. (laughs) And I love both versions of those, but I am guilty of mostly singing the My God version. (laughs) And Kelsey, why do you want to sing the My God version? Because it's the first version I heard of that song. Oh, okay. And Sister Act is just uh, a one bang? of our greatest movies of our time. So it is one of the greatest movies. I'm going to have a controversial take on that. I think Sister Act 2 is way better than Sister Act. It was better. It's it so much better. Oh my god. Yes, it's so much I'm better. I'm not argue with that. It, I, like, don't get me wrong. Like, going into Witness Protection and, like... You know, <laughs> and like becoming a nun is so crazy on its own. But like, she, you know, having to be like, can you just come back so you can relate to these children? We know you're not an official nun, but we need to still have you relate to these kids. And like, you're the only person that does it. And like, when the guy sings, Oh, happy day, and then his voice just like oh, cracks God. and he's like, phenomenal, you're just like, Oh, yes. You guys, if you want to be somebody, if you want to go somewhere, you better wake up. What is it? You better wake up and... Pay attention. Pay attention. Pay yeah. attention, guys. Pay attention. My next song is As by Stevie Wonder. Uh, it was released in 1977 from the album The Songs in the Key of Life. Written by Stevie Wonder, produced by Stevie Wonder. Why I sing it is Stevie Wonder. The, song, <laughs> the Keys in the Song of Life has to be one of my favorite albums. It's a, it's like one of these songs that's, again, you say it like you mean it. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. As deep as love is, no matter what happens in your life, as the sun goes around the moon or however it goes... I don't know astrology that well, so I hope that that's right. (laughs) (laughs) As the seasons change, as, you know, night, the moon rises and the sun sets, I'm going to love you forever. And uh, to be loved by someone like that every day as life happens, it's it's incredible. It's amazing. Uh, There have been roughly 14 versions of this song. Uh, My one of my favorites has to be uh, by Anthony Hamilton and Marsha Ambrosio's from The Best Man Holiday. It is sad because they use it in a funeral aspect if you've, if you've seen the movie. Um, but it's just one of those things. Again, like, as death comes upon us, your impact of this world is is the reason I'm going to love you forever. And your impact to people is the reason I'm going to love you forever and in my life. So it's just a really nice... It's a song, I think, that fits any sort of mood that you're in. And that's the thing about Stevie Wonder. I really loved it. I have something that is much less meaningful. <laughs> <laughs> my next song is Jackie Wilson, Reet Petite. It is a song all about how hot a girl is. Uh, There is no deeper meaning. Uh, She's so fine, fine, fine. That is the chorus. It's awesome. (laughs) I love it. And then, again, like, she's just so fine. You don't need to 
say more. That's the thing about Motown. I think, like, the production of a Motown song, I think it just, like, blocks out that there's no lyrics. <laughs> there's just, like, the production of the production of any song blocks out that there's no lyrics. Like, have you heard Beyonce's 7-Eleven? Like, 7-Eleven, when you listen to the lyrics, makes no sense whatsoever unless you know a backstory. But it's just so good because the music arrangement is incredible. Like, the musical arrangements yeah. in any song can change your whole perception of the song, no matter what the lyrics are. How many times are you going back to listen to, like, I don't know, we were, we watched uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and, like, if you listen to some of these songs, I know people were up in arms about WAP and all this stuff, but if you go back and you listen to some of these songs and you listen to these lyrics, you're like, excuse me, madam, what are you, and especially for the 1920s, are you kidding me? Like, what, what do you mean? What are you saying? But the musical arrangement can make it a bop. And it's incredible. It can have no lyrics, and it's a bop. Okay, I gotta tell you, Halima, are you familiar with the song Shake, Rattle, and Roll? If I heard it, I would know it. Fair enough. Big Joe Turner. It was extensively covered by white artists, but it has a line in it that says, I'm like a one-eyed cat peeping in a seafood store. And if you are living under a rock you can interpret what that means yes but all these white artists you know how they would sanitize a black artist absolutely song, they didn't catch what that was a reference <laughs> so they covered it and left that one in and it's so funny to me <laughs> do you think that you know all the covers of it go back and being like oh maybe as white men we shouldn't have said that no, not a chance. <laughs> Especially in such an Anglo-Christian, like, society as music was back then. I mean, Elvis, for goodness sakes, couldn't, like, gyrate on stage because it offended him. No, but even he sanitized Hound Dog from Big Mama Thornton's. Oh, absolutely. Then. And, like, you know, Elvis was, you know, yes, raised on black music, but, you know, there wasn't credit to that and I think that that's what but that's the thing about you know music and not giving credit where credit is due so to all the black artists out there you are I credit you for some some of the best music that is for our generation and generations to come and then the generations prior I mean without black music we wouldn't be Having this podcast, we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't be where we are today in music without black music, and I What would I do in the shower? What would Kelsey catch shoo-wop doo-wop in the shower without black I music? shoo-wop doo-wop. Oh my god. <laughs> she needs a shoo-wop doo-wop in the shower, guys. What would we do? If I can't ram a lamb a ding-dong, what am I even doing with my life? What are you doing with your life? My last song is You Can't Hurry Love by The Supremes. It was released in 1966 from the album The Supremes A Go-Go, written by Brian Holland, Eddie Holland, and Lamont Dozier, produced by Brian Holland and Lamont Dozier. Why I sing it? Because it's peaceful. <laughs> My shower is a peaceful place. 
And everything makes sense there. Like somebody's son, this song is a literal reminder that you can't hurry love. You just gotta wait. And more importantly, you can't hurry the good things that are meant for you. Like my mom would say, take your time and peel your pine. So basically, enjoy life. Enjoy the times that you have. Enjoy if you're dating. Enjoy dating. Enjoy getting to know somebody. Um, don't hurry something that is so beautiful and can help you through life and is meant for you and holds community together. Whether it be a couple love, whether it be parent love, whether it be, you know, family love, you it's love of a community as well. Like you can't hurry things that are pure and beautiful and it's just a nice just a nice song to sing. You can't hurry love. You just gotta wait. Sometimes that's a hard thing to remember. Yeah. Patience is beautiful. Patience is beautiful and you know, by the time this episode airs, Ramadan has come and gone. And the thing about Ramadan as well is it's all about patience and gratitude and a good song can remind you that all you do need is patience and gratitude and to enjoy life and to live it because it's such a beautiful thing to live no matter how hard it gets. So don't hurry the things that are meant for you to be loved, not just human love, but all the things in your life. My honorable mention is I Just Called to Say I Love You by Stevie Wonder. It was released in 1984 from the album The Woman in Red soundtrack. It was written by Stevie Wonder, produced by Stevie Wonder. Why I sing it, if it's a Saturday morning rotation playlist, it's usually like Stevie Wonder. It's usually the Commodores. Like, it's just those songs that are just like funky and groovy and just like a good Saturday morning jam. It also is a reminder of my childhood because my dad used to sing it to my sister and I when we were really little, which I'm really grateful it wasn't like always, you know, hush little baby. Because <laughs> I think that that's so like, I think that that's so boring. I I always thought like when I would have kids, I would sing like, I don't know. I used to rap um, Slick Rick and Ducky Fresh to my niece. <laughs> Whenever I do a sound check, it would be like la da Like I would do la di da uh, by them every time I do like a microphone check. Because like, it's just like fun and it's different. And it's just like, why would you want to be a boring parent? No, <laughs> sometimes I have to sing Itsy Bitsy Spider because it's what's expected of me. But... Um... <laughs> For that, my kid is growing up on my weird music references, and I like that. But that's how we grow and learn. I think the songs that we sing in the shower are a reflection of the life that we've lived. And, like, without your grandparents' influence of the 50s, 60s, 70s, you wouldn't have this to carry on to your son. You wouldn't have this, like, wealth of knowledge that you want to share because it's so beautiful to share music. I do call it their legacy for him. And my grandma said, why? And I said, you really don't remember, old woman? <laughs> it was wonderful. Because <laughs> we also do have to sass our grandparents and our yes, parents. Yes. <laughs> I am very, like, I'm very happy that you had that relationship with them because, like, are your grandparents still with us? Like, are they still? I am very lucky they are Good. still alive. And I think that that's really beautiful and special to have that, like, sort of connection to grandparents that is so beautiful that you, like, yes, you said, is their legacy. And I think that that's the legacy of music because you pass it along, like we talked about earlier, passing along, I don't know, 
Eminem to my niece because she likes Eminem. <laughs> she likes Eminem. So it's like to pass on censored versions of Eminem to my niece. My sister's like, okay, well, if she likes it, she likes it. I'm not going to not, right? It's going to be something that when she's 30, she hears Eminem and she thinks of you. <laughs> she does not get to think of me. She's going to think of... Uh, when she thinks of me, she's gonna, it's gonna be Coco's Un Poco Loco from the Coco musical soundtrack. Yes! Cause that was our song. Uh, and Waka Waka by Shakira. <laughs> That's what she thinks of me. That is a legacy, Halima. <laughs> but the thing about, I, I credit your grandparents because, you know, without this music and this closeness, of bringing you guys closer together, like, what would, you know, it would be a boring summer. (laughs) It would be be a boring summer, and what stories would you have to tell Casper when he gets older, right? I know, and even now, we go to visit my grandparents, and my grandpa holds him up, and they play his keyboard together. Oh. They connect through music, it's just beautiful. Oh, music connects everything, guys. Listen to it, love it follow it. I will put the details of the songs that we mentioned here in the description of this episode. Thank you, Kelsey, and thank you, listeners. Thank you for listening to the songs we sing in the shower, presented by What's Your Hustle, created, produced, and hosted by yours truly, Halima Hussein. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at What's Your Hustle Podcast. Follow, rate, listen on Spotify, as well as anywhere else you stream podcasts. You can find these songs and the songs from the episodes of What's Your Hustle on the What's Your Hustle playlist, now on Spotify.